Holy Spirit, open our minds and our hearts to hear your word to us now through your scripture. Amen. Have you ever been praying and suddenly realized it was the wrong prayer? I remember vividly the day I stopped praying, something I had been praying for years. When I was little, I had three memorized prayers that I prayed every night. Maybe some of you know this prayer. Say it if you know it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Very good. There's a few of you out there that know that. Good. Well, I prayed that prayer faithfully every night until one night I sat up straight in bed and said out loud, that's not right. (laughs) I remember thinking, I don't need to ask Jesus to keep my soul or take my soul when I die. He already has my soul, and I know I'm going to heaven because I'm forgiven. That prayer doesn't make any sense. I suddenly realized It was the wrong prayer. I was asking for something I knew I already had. So I decided it was a weak prayer and I never prayed it again. (laughs) Never underestimate a second grade Presbyterian. (laughs) So then I was down to two nightly prayers. But these were not weak prayers. These were prayers of power. I prayed the Lord's Prayer which Christians have memorized and prayed since Jesus told us to. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's praying for power. The Lord's prayer is not a weak prayer. And Paul's prayer in our text today is another very powerful prayer. In fact, Paul is specifically praying for power, but not for himself. He prays God's power for those reading his letter for us. This passage is vintage Paul. He's having a bit of an epiphany here, so I want us to catch what he's saying. There are essentially two prayer requests, and Paul heaps all sorts of language of power and abundance to amplify these two requests. Essentially, Paul is praying for power. Twice, he prays for you, for us, to have power. First, he asks the Father to strengthen us with power. Two power words amplifying each other. Strengthen us with power. The word behind strengthen means to fortify the heart. It's the strongest form of the word encourage, to fill with courage. Where will this power go? Into our inner being, our heart, our soul that place inside me that makes me who I am. Paul's prayer here is not that we'd have power to conquer the evil out there in the world. Paul's prayer is that God's power would strengthen our inner person. And the second prayer request is very similar. Paul prays that you would have power. This time, instead of intensifying it internally, he intensifies it with community. I pray that you may have power together with all the saints. Not just one Holy Spirit-empowered person. Now we are a worldwide army of strengthened, Spirit-empowered saints. Okay, so now we're 
powerful in our inner person, and we're powerful together with everyone across time and space who follows Christ. That's a lot of power. So what's all this power for? Here's the huge surprise. All this power is not to change all that's wrong out there in the world. All this power is not to get something done for God. All this power is to get something far more important done inside me, inside us, inside the church. All this power is to help us Christians to grasp, to comprehend, to know the love of Christ. The love of Christ is so vast, so wide, so long, so high, so deep, that God must give us power to even begin to take it in. Our small minds and hearts simply aren't strong enough to contain Christ's unimaginable love. This is not intuitive for most of us. We want God's power to change our circumstances, to heal our diseases, to help the poor, and it does. But Paul reminds us that we need God's power for something far more fundamental. We require God's power to take in Christ's love and be changed ourselves. The great reformer Jean Calvin wrote, men are not easily convinced that God loves them. And so to remove all doubt of God's love for us, he gave his only begotten son, whose death paid the price for our reunion with God. But we cannot conceive of God's love. It is beyond human understanding. The Holy Spirit must strengthen and empower us to know God's unimaginable love. So Paul is praying here for power to know Christ's love, the kind of knowing that goes deeper than words. This is no mere head knowledge. This is heart, mind, soul, and strength kind of knowing. This is why the Bible uses this word, to know, to refer to sexual intimacy. This kind of knowing means the deepest levels of sharing and understanding, of giving and receiving. So Paul prays an oxymoron, may we know the beyond knowable love of Christ. God loves you, period. Not if, or when, or because of anything we do. Maybe you've tasted this in your own life. Did you feel like that when you fell in love with your spouse? We love our children and grandchildren like this. They don't have to do anything for us to love them. You just love them, whether they know it or not. Have you been empowered to deeply know God's love for you? Or are you not easily convinced that God loves you? Imagine how your life would be different if you truly knew beyond knowing that the all-powerful God of the universe loved you enough to die for you. That kind of powerful truth transforms us. The power of that unconditional love should turn our lives completely right side up. The final part of Paul's two prayers end basically the same way so that Christ may dwell in our hearts, 
so that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul is praying the most important thing in the world for the Ephesians and for us. He is praying that we would be given the power to so deeply know Christ's love that we are filled with God himself. The goal is God in us. In this passage, you can tell that Paul was right on the edge of not having the words to express the deep spiritual truth he had tapped into. I can imagine Paul caught up in the wonder of God's plan and lapsing dumbfounded into silent and raptured prayer. Paul touches, God touches Paul's mind and he's transported into the very heart of God, overwhelmed with God's love for him and for the fledgling churches and for everyone in the whole world. In a flash, he can hear Jesus' voice saying, the kingdom is within you. And talking about the mustard seed starting so small, but becoming so large, animals can live within it. Paul's eyes are open to God's plan revealed in Jesus, the founding of Christ's church, and the exponential expansion of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Paul encountered God's power, which strengthened him to grasp all of this. So he knows we need God's power to begin to understand who God is and what God's about. The focus of his prayer is that we would be filled with power to deeply know the love of Christ so that God is powerfully within us. And right in the middle, Paul prays that we would be rooted and established in this love. These two metaphors use images repeated throughout the Bible. The first is rooted in love. This image is organic and pictures a great, well-nourished tree whose roots stretch deep into the earth. This tree has tapped into life and is stronger than the strongest winds. The second image is established in love, grounded, founded. This image is architectural and pictures a great stone building foundation, which is large and deep, perfectly level and well fitted together. Upon this rock, the greatest building can be firmly established and cannot be shaken. So Paul prays we would be rooted and established in the love of Christ. Well, by now it's obvious that this is not some mushy love, some feeling that comes and goes, nothing like what our culture calls love. The love of Christ is a powerful love, a rock-your-world, life-changing love that grounds you securely despite anything life throws at you. Paul has experienced this kind of powerful love that's not shaky or insecure, shallow or undependable. And that's why he can say nothing in all creation can separate him from the love of Christ. God had filled Paul. And now the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts. God takes up residence within us, not just in one corner or back bedroom, Paul prays that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. That's no small feat. So Paul must pray for us to be strengthened with power, to deeply know Christ's love, so that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's a pr powerful prayer. 
But much of the time, I don't feel like I'm filled with all the fullness of God. I am often aware of being filled with myself or being filled with my fears or being filled with the values of the world around me. Or maybe I sense God is at work within me, but it doesn't feel like all the fullness of God. I bet you felt that way too. And this is what the early Christians were experiencing. Many of them had a religious background, and many did not. Before trusting Jesus, none of them had ever experienced God dwelling within them by the Holy Spirit, or the love and power they were beginning to experience now. These people, rich and poor men and women from all walks of life, they dedicated themselves to following Jesus, and they were transformed. But their difference started on the inside. They had love and peace and courage in the midst of a predominant culture that didn't understand them and even persecuted them. Their inner person had been strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and that overflowed into their behavior, how they loved one another and loved the poor and even loved their enemies. But they weren't gritting their teeth and loving their enemies. Their, our own feeble power is nowhere near strong enough for that, not for loving enemies or for dying to self or for surrendering our lives to Jesus. They experienced deeply knowing God's love, and it transformed them. Then it overflowed in their life. God banded them together into a powerful community capable of incredible courage and love, sacrifice and joy. God's revolution was unleashed. Outsiders were drawn in, the church grew, and the world was forever changed, one transformed heart at a time. Paul's prayer today reminds us of our primary task in participating with God in rescuing our world. Our primary task requires God's transforming power. Our primary task is to focus on God's unimaginable love and allow God to fill us to overflowing. This is the only way God's kingdom expands. This is the only way our world is truly transformed by God's power and not just our own. Well, that's a tall order. So how do we do this? How can we be strengthened to deeply know Christ's love and be filled with God? Let me suggest four simple things you can do that have proven powerful and effective over the centuries. First, set a specific time and place for focused prayer. In addition to the prayers we pray throughout our day, pick a time and place to focus on God intentionally. Maybe it's daily, maybe it's five times a week. Don't get hung up on when or where. Just pick a place and a time. As a child, my prayer time was before bed. As a teenager, my time with God was in my big red beanbag chair after school. Now I do it before work. I know many spiritual people among you do it first thing in the morning. More power to you. I am not a morning person. I have rarely been able to give God my best attention when I'm waking up. So whatever, find a time. I encourage you even to let your family or your housemates know 
your time and place so they can help you be undisturbed with God. You know, it's great for our kids to see us read, and pray, read, read scripture and pray regularly. Second, spend time reflecting on God's love. If you're like me, you have a list of people and things you pray for regularly. It can be easy to fall into a habit where my prayer is mostly for other people. But our Heavenly Father has far more for us than that. God wants to fill us with all the fullness of God. So spend time simply reflecting on God's love for you. Put that at the top of your prayer list. You are a beloved child of the King of the universe. Jesus went to the cross so that we would be convinced of God's love. When someone tells you, I love you, I bet every one of us has felt the lift, the encouragement, the lightness of heart in hearing those words. Let the Holy Spirit and the scriptures say God's I love you to you. Ask God to root you and establish you in that love, and you won't be blown away by our culture. And then spend time expressing your love and gratitude back to God. This is huge for our relationship, but most of us haven't been taught to do this on our own. Well, thankfully, we do this all the time here together in worship. Our worship together can teach us how to express our love to God when we're alone. Playing worship music can help us powerfully express our feelings when we can't find our own words. Third, find a prayer partner. There's power when two or three gather in Christ's name. Maybe it's a spouse or a small group, a mentor or a friend. Maybe you meet weekly or monthly. Maybe you join one of our church's prayer, prayer groups. Paul used the postal system of his day to write his prayers to his partners in faith. So feel free to use the phone or the internet, texting or tweeting. God's not fussed about how we pray together. He just knows we need to pray together regularly if we're to know Christ's love deeply and be filled with the fullness of God. Lastly, if your prayers feel weak or you just want to refresh your prayer life, try praying scriptural prayers like this one. Paul's are great, and they're mostly at the beginning of his letters. But there are powerful prayers all throughout the Bible, especially the Psalms, a whole book of prayers for God's people. Try praying the Lord's Prayer or the 23rd Psalm. God can use scriptural prayers like these to bring new life and energy to you. You'll be amazed as God answers our prayers with power far beyond all we can ask or even imagine. Today, Paul reminds us that God's agenda for rescuing the world starts with God strengthening us with power to deeply know God's love so that we are filled with God. Then God's love overflows from his transformed people to heal our broken world. I want in on that kind of love. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we are not easily convinced of your love. Strengthen us to know your love more deeply. Fill us with yourself. Unite us together and use us to heal your world.
Amen.